believe in something this morning? Why don't you believe in a church? Why don't you believe in the glory of dominion that God gave us the power to build a building on a hill that stands for something in the community? That we're not afraid to stand up for what we believe in and tell the lawmakers and the rulers in this nation and every other nation in the world, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's coming back and you better repent of your sins or you're going to answer for them. Hailing from the heartland of America, atop the high bluffs of Western Iowa, comes the voice of the church, burning with passion for righteousness and justice again. People that believe in Jesus Christ, that he was buried, that he was resurrected on the third day, that he's coming again, and that men will answer for every idle word and every wrong deed, that there is justice beyond the grave. That is the statement that is made when you see a church and a steeple and a cross in a community and in a nation. And God cares about this building and he cares about the churches that sprinkle the landscape of this nation. And if you go to Europe today, you'll see cathedral after cathedral that were beautiful and they're empty. And if we don't get right in this nation, that's going to happen. Look around you at the sloth Look at the empty pews. Look at the big gaps. They didn't want to hear the truth. Believe in something today. Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the sermon. need an epic view of the scriptures. We need to understand God's plan for the ages, beginning in the book of Genesis, stretching all the way to the end. And so few people understand it like that. The gospel has become a shrunken down, selfish thing. And people are looking to get their personal needs met instead of seeing that God has an agenda that is larger than us personally. It's bigger than our feelings. It's bigger than our own personal aspirations. And in a nutshell, Hebrews 4.15 really says it well because as you review some of the concepts that we've taught through this series, God's original plan for Adam and Eve was that they would take dominion of the world and fill the world with righteous people. And within the confines of the command, take dominion, subdue the earth, falls the property instinct and the sexual instinct in every human being. We were created with it. It's natural and normal but it's supposed to be beneath the authority of the law of God and restrained. The property instinct without proper restraint becomes greed, envy, lust. The sexual instinct without proper restraint becomes covetousness, greed, envy, lust. And so these are powerful instincts. They are powerful godly desires that he has put within us because he had a plan and the plan was for dominion. And in order to take dominion, you have to do two things. You have to obtain property and you have to reproduce. Righteous dominion was a beautiful thing because it meant no one would ever die. No child ever born would ever have a funeral. But because of sin, God's purpose and plan for dominion was upset and interrupted. You're listening to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon after these messages. 
Our country is no longer in need of a great awakening. America is in need desperately of a resurrection. And there's a difference between a resurrection and a great awakening. In far too many American churches, the Great Commission has been reduced. The emphasis is on really getting people ready to die. But the church is not here to get people prepared to die so much as we're here to equip people in how to truly live. I've written a new book that talks about this. It's called A Storm, A Message, A Bottle. You can get a copy of the book at beyondthewallsradio.com. God bless you. Welcome back to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. We were created with it. It's natural and normal, but it's supposed to be beneath the authority of the law of God and restrained. The property instinct without proper restraint becomes greed, envy, lust. The sexual instinct without proper restraint becomes covetousness, greed, envy, lust. And so these are powerful instincts. They are powerful godly desires that he has put within us because he had a plan and the plan was for dominion. And in order to take dominion, you have to do two things. You have to obtain property and you have to reproduce Righteous dominion was a beautiful thing because it meant no one would ever die. No child ever born would ever have a funeral. But because of sin, God's purpose and plan for dominion was upset and interrupted. Dysfunctional dominion took its place. And that's where we serve God on our own terms, if at all. We take and obtain property for ourselves, not for his plan. Our job, our employment is about our paycheck, not about the kingdom. Dysfunctional dominion is where you, you don't bring up your children in the way that they should go so that when they're old, they'll not depart from the ways of God. You don't, you don't fill the world with righteous children. You fill it up with pagans. Dysfunctional dominion caused the Noahic flood. God had to stop it. God is opposed to dysfunctional dominion and for that purpose invented death. Death stops you individually from continuing too long in a state of living, sort of a, sort of a zombie-like death state, an ongoing state of, of spiritual death. God is not willing to tolerate that permanently. And so every man, because of sin, dies. Death was the response of God to stop man from having evil dominion for an intolerable period of time. The Bible says God resists the proud but gives grace only to the humble. Therefore, you can go down to the attorney, you can make your will, you can leave your inheritance, but if you have cursed yourself by living in disobedience and in dysfunctional dominion, God Almighty is resistant to the inheritance you would leave to your children. It will fall into corruption and to naught and be gone, and no one will remember your name again because God won't tolerate dysfunctional dominion. That angel with a flaming sword is still on duty, and those kinds of people, the firstborns, are not allowed back into the Garden of Eden. They will not have the dominion that God planned for man because they only perpetuate 
evil, and humanism. God's laws are shoved aside and man's laws take their place because man, in essence, has become his own God. And so, in his great mercy and his great love for the world, Hebrews really says it beautifully. Hebrews 4.15 reminds us of the motives of God, the heart of God, when he looked down at this colossal mess that we had made. And we are reminded we do not serve a God who is unsympathetic toward our infirmities. You could say it another way. We don't serve a God who is unsympathetic to the fact that human beings are living in dysfunctional dominion filled with death. What is an infirmity? It's incipient death. God is not unsympathetic to the fact that we are facing death. And so heaven responded to the problem of dominion by sending the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus spoke to death and to dominion when he said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And we've connected that the original dominion mandate we find in the book of Genesis is really repeated. And earth is brought back on course for the obedient who are willing to go with him in the Great Commission. The Great Commission is really nothing more than a restatement of the original commission that Father God gave Adam and Eve before they sinned in the Garden of Eden. But now, the world, unfortunately, has been filled with people of death. Unsaved, heathen, pagans, wickedness fills the earth once again as it did in the days of Noah. And the response to that, instead of the waters of drowning, which is not to say that they won't eventually find themselves cast into the lake of fire, ladies and gentlemen. He still won't tolerate dysfunctional dominion. He is returning. It is cause for fear. He will judge the world, and all wicked people will suffer and be punished. But in this interim time, Jesus Christ who sits apparently in heaven, according to Hebrews 4.15, and he, he is not unsympathetic toward our infirmities as humanity. He looks down and he offers a way of escape. He says, Here's, I would prefer to have you a twice-born, taken out of the jurisdiction of death and into the jurisdiction of life so that I could save you from the coming judgment that you've earned. And so that's the state of history we're living in right now. A temporary pause. It's not very long from God's perspective. Just, just a, a sliver of years where he's patiently and really in long suffering waiting for wicked men to repent so that they can be born afresh into a new family and not suffer the judgment that is coming to all once born people. You're listening to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon after these messages. Our country is no longer in need of a great awakening. America is in need desperately 
of a resurrection. Now there's a difference between a resurrection and a great awakening. In far too many American churches, the Great Commission has been reduced. The emphasis is on really getting people ready to die. But the church is not here to get people prepared to die so much as we're here to equip people and how to truly live. I've written a new book that talks about this. It's called A Storm, A Message, A Bottle. You can get a copy of the book at beyondthewallsradio.com. God bless you. Welcome back to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. We said that in John 5, 26, the Bible shows us that Zoe, the life, the God kind of life, life in its purest essence comes first and foremost from heaven. John 5, 26 says that Zoe, God life, godly life, existed on earth in the life of Jesus. And we pointed out that the old covenant was filled with types and shadows of the Zoe life of God that was to come in the future. We said that there are three places that we can study the Bible to look at what exactly is a godly life or God-like life, life as it originates from the throne of God, from his breath, the theonoustos of our creator who breathed into the clay. What was life supposed to be? What is life now? These are important questions to answer. We began our study looking at the characteristics of Zoe life that are shadowed in the story of Moses, who was a type of Christ. Today, we are going to study the characteristics of Zoe that we see in the earthly life of Jesus Christ. Eventually, thirdly, we're going to make some observations about life as it is lived in its purest state in heaven and how it is supposed to be lived on earth. Jesus prayed, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus made it very clear. He wants the Zoe life of God, which has come from the Father, to be experienced on earth as it is in heaven. And he will have his way. When we think of Hebrews 4.15, we don't serve a God who is unsympathetic toward our infirmities. When we think about that, that he's concerned about your struggle in the midst of the agonies. He's with you. His grace empowers you and strengthens you in the midst of the contest of the battle. When we think about that, It's reassuring because it helps us understand that theology that tells us that, you know, Jesus left, he ascended into heaven, and he shouted back down and said, hey, you know, good luck. I'm taking all of these miracles and all that stuff, that all these things you've seen for three and a half years, taking it all with me. You don't get any more of that. No more miracles. No more gifts of the Holy Spirit just dry preaching. That's all I'm leaving you. Good luck. It's called cessationism. Permeates all kinds of denominations of the church in America. It's evil. It's blasphemous. 
It's wicked. It's the doctrine of demons. But when we read Hebrews, we realize that can't be true because that would not be a God that looks at us in the state of death and in the midst of our agonies and our fight. That's not what a good God would do. In fact, it's not what he did. Jesus was so excited about what God was about to do after he'd leave. Jesus didn't take all the goodness up to heaven with him and leave us down here to fend for ourselves, struggling, sick, limping, sneezing, and wheezing. No, Jesus was so excited, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait there. I got something for you. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God. It's the character of God. We don't serve a God who's unsympathetic toward our battles and our struggles. What other time in history would we more need the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God flowing through us by His grace than in the last days that Jesus described as it would be in the times, as it was in the times of Noah? So He didn't throw us down here for the battle with no equipment, with no training, with no skills. We have everything that we need in Christ by grace. His grace is sufficient in the struggle. And so Jesus didn't just come to save my spirit, leave me trapped in a problematic body with no power, no hope of any gifts of the Holy Spirit, no no infilling, no empowerment. This, this, is not, this is not what the Bible tells us has happened. Now, there are many people living like that, but that's their decision. They decided to live that way. I hope that you'll decide to, to, to not live that way. Jesus didn't just leave us with our spirit saved and everything else all messed up until finally we die, and then he fixes it. See, this is what most of the church teaches. It is our experience often, but that's not because it's the right experience. Jesus came to restore dominion. The problem of dominion was not in heaven. Heaven has no problems taking dominion. The problem of taking dominion was down here. And so if Christ came to restore dominion properly and we stop relegating everything to the future, which is an eschatological error, and we realize that we are to be taking dominion now. When do we have babies? When do, when do people get pregnant and have children? Now. When do we fight sickness? Now. When do we struggle with evil? Now. And so all of these tools and all of this equipment and this idea of taking dominion, notice God did not say to Adam and Eve, I want you to take dominion thousands of years from now during the millennium. He told them to take it now, and they didn't do it right, did they? So we know Christ is restoring our dominion, and we are commanded in the Great Commission to take dominion, and we're to do it now. And so that means that my sexual instinct comes beneath the authority of the law of God, and my property instinct comes beneath the authority of Father God. You're listening to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon after these messages.
Hello everyone, it's Pastor Kerry. You know, I remember a pivotal moment in American history and I sat and I watched this drama unfold in Florida concerning Terry Schiavo, who was this woman, she had gone on an extreme diet to lose weight and had lost consciousness. And the next thing you know, a few years later, they're literally euthanizing her in a nursing home. I was horrified when I watched that happen, and it set me into a journey to discover and answer some questions that are very important, especially in the field of the political world. Should Christians, for example, simply submit to the possible consequences of decisions, or should they make decisions exclusively based upon the Word of God? Now, that sounds simple to ask that question, and people flippantly answer it, but you'll find that the answer is very clear in the Bible, and it's also very troubling to modern Christians. Very few Christians truly live out the correct answer to that question. Well, I've put together a cartoon series. It's a whiteboard project where I teach you through some steps of logic and then had an artist in the church draw out the illustrations of what I'm trying to convey. It's really a remarkable thing, and it's free. All you have to do is go to the website to enjoy it, and I'll take you down the road of the journey I went on long ago answering that important question. Should Christians make decisions in life based exclusively on what God's Word says, or should they bow down to the threat of consequences? Because you realize sometimes when you make right decisions, there are very painful consequences. And here's where you need to go. I'll give you the website twice. Stepstopoliticalepiphany.com That's Stepstopoliticalepiphany.com Please enjoy the presentation. It could really change your life. Thank you for listening and God bless. To Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. I think it's interesting as we looked at Moses, one of the final things that we saw that was so beautiful is you can see when you start to think of the term in terms of the sexual instinct and the property instinct, these two powerful instincts created by God you'll read your Bible differently. You'll go through story after story through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, and you will see new truth you have not seen before. And when we go back and we look at the, the Hebrew people who are being bothered by the Egyptians and slavery, what is, the, what is the problem that they're facing? What is it that Satan is doing? Satan is attacking the Hebrew people in what? Two areas. He's attacking them in what? their property instincts, what they're enslaved. Slaves don't take dominion very well, do they? And their sexual instincts, they are reproducing honorably, properly, rapidly, and they're trying to fill up the world. They're, they're staying somewhat faithful to the original command to take dominion, aren't they? And Pharaoh is so bothered that their pregnancies are, are more often and more healthy than the Egyptian women, that he decides to murder the children. So Satan is always trying to stop you because you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You're a child of God. Satan is always in history looking to stop you from taking dominion through the uh, um, obtaining of wealth and property. And secondly, he does not want you to have children. And if you do have children, he wants them to grow up pagans. He wants you to feed them to the dragon. He wants you to send them to the pagans to be educated so that their mind is destroyed, so that their worldview is corrupted and they never function successfully as a soldier of Christ. He has all kinds of methods. If he can't kill them, at least he can screw up how they think so that they're worthless to the establishing of the kingdom of God. He is against your property instincts, and he is against your sexual instincts. He can pervert your sexuality. He can distort it. He can bring rampant adultery, which, yes, we've seen, and yes, which many of you have committed. He can bring overwhelming levels of divorce. Hasn't that happened? Far too often. He is against your sexual instinct. He is against your property. He does not want you to succeed. And so we watch the life of God pictured in the beautiful story of Moses. It couldn't get any worse. They murder the babies, and you're enslaved. You're in shackles. You're getting beat up. That's not financial prosperity. That's not, I mean, how do you go out and buy a house when you're a slave? And yet... Despite it all, what does God do? The absolute worst possible thing a parent could face turns around to be a miracle. Can you even imagine putting your child in a basket in a river? Any river. Much less the Nile River with alligators, crocodiles, and having to walk away from there. Can you even imagine that? And then the relative of the guy that's murdering all of your family's children, the relative of the guy who gave the order to kill your baby that you're disobeying finds your baby? Couldn't get any worse than that. But Moses was demonstrating how the life of God overcomes everything, how the grace of God is always sufficient. They turned it around, and she takes the baby, pays his mother to nurse him, and in that culture, that means nine years salary, and then gives him a full-ride scholarship to Pharaoh University, folks. That is some kind of education. So it does, is, none of you in here are facing anything as bad as Moses' mama. And look at how God turned it around. And if you will stay in faith and you will stay in the wrestling match, if you will stay in the agonies and not back up and not retreat and know that God's grace is sufficient and don't surrender and drop your hands down and pout and give up, if you will keep fighting, you will overcome. And so we see a picture of what the life, the blood, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ flowing sideways through you and me every time his heart beats, every seven days, what that means to your future.
This has been Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. God himself blew on his tree so that there would be a light. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Extra Ecclesium Nulla Salus. There is no salvation outside of the church. Thank you for tuning in. 